at 8am. It's 8am. Good morning. What's up? What's up? It's Jordan. Joe. 8am show. <laughs> uh, what's up, dude? Let's see. At the time of us recording this, it is the day after July 4th. We have we have feasted. We have feasted. On a manly meal. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, happy... But July 4th or post yeah, July happy, 4th. Happy Independence Day or post Independence Day. <laughs> or sad day if you're a Brit. <laughs> no, <Right. I'm> just, <laughs> like, damn, I still remember when <laughs> they were under our rule. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was pretty good, man. Smoked. Yeah. Uh, we uh, Mike, who's been on the podcast before, my brother, mm-hmm. uh, turned our uh, charcoal grill into a uh, smoker. Mm-hmm. We smoked a huge piece of pork. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ali and myself made some uh, two different styles of barbecue sauce, mm-hmm. all homemade, and it mm-hmm. came out pretty delicious. And Jordan just sat back, rubbed his belly, and ate food. <laughs> no, <Nah>, I'm kidding. <laughs> he brought some stuff. To- <laughs> yeah, man. So this is funny. We didn't really have anything directly lined up, in, you know, around Independence Day. No, as far as this episode was concerned, I, I feel like usually we're like, all right, Memorial Day is coming up. Let's do this. Right, this is coming. Up. Let's do this. But Fourth of July, we just we had our eyes on the prize. We just wanted to eat food. I think <laughs> you know what it is. I think in this particular era, in this particular political era, right, it, it has such a diff has several meanings. Yeah, it's hard. You know, it's hard. Um, I I listened to this uh, WNYC. Um, segment with Brian Lehrer, probably saying his name wrong, Brian Lehrer. 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 Um, and he had someone talking about basically flags and connotations behind flags now. Right. And there were, there were some interesting parts to it. You know, like they, they, they were, there was one guy on that had called in that talked about how if he see if he goes to a neighborhood and he sees like too many American flags back to back and right. maybe like, you know, a thin, a thin blue line flag <laughs> interspersed like it's a sign for him to get out of there right right, right. Um, it's funny it's like it used to be that like when you would see you know like you, you let's say you went to Florida and then you start seeing all these confederate flags and be like uh oh I'm in the wrong name exactly now it's like you just see a bunch of American flags and you're kind of like am I in the wrong right right <laughs> like I don't know right and the thing is that it comes with so many uh like so, so many loaded, like like loaded feelings because, right. um, you know, like the Confederate flag was clearly like the symbol of an enemy that was trying to, um, destroy the 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 Union, right? You know, and then you look at the complexities of, uh, the nation and its history, and that's kind of more, you know, firmly embedded into those into the, the the current American flag, and you see that more and more. So, you know, it's the only flag that you and I. No. Right. At the same time, the people that have a, you know, an aversion to it now, I like, I, I can't exactly blame them just because it's been co-opted, and now it needs to be co-opted back again. But like, you go through this every several decades. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's like obviously it's our flag, right? And you know, we, you know, it represents the country that we, you know support and hail from but but it's true it's got a there's a complex history behind yeah. uh, our country and 
yeah. you know, that goes behind the flag. So yeah, uh, I'm always going to be, you know, proud to be an American, but I'm, I'm never going to act like, you know, being American isn't hard sometimes <laughs> because, right, yeah. you know, uh, you know, we've done some shitty stuff. Yeah. I mean, a lot of countries have, but. Yeah, we think, we right now are not doing the best. You yeah, know? <laughs> I think yeah, I think with the U.S., it's uh, what's particular about it is that, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, very, you know, the, the thin line between patriotism and nationalism. It's uh, a lot of those a lot of people that overstep those lines right. don't even realize it, um, and often, you know, you know, tout the, tout the nation as like the only nation doing these certain things, right. and by certain things, I mean like you know. I don't know, like, like the you know us being like, uh, you know, you know the the the, the sentiment of American exceptionalism, right. you know, which if you think about it, it, goes back to like the 40s or 50s, the that sense of exceptionalism, but that changed dramatically with every decade, you know. Yeah, of course, it was like you know, obviously, you know, for late 40s, 50s, it was like we, you know, we right. we put beat, a man on the we moon, the, yeah. we, and we beat the biggest enemy like the world right. had ever seen, right? Say, you know, you know and then we you defeated know, Hitler, right? Uh, but you know. You put a man on the moon. We, right. you know, we did all the. We had all these technological advancements, and then, you know, I, I get where the sentiment comes from. Right. But what you know, when I but when I hear people say like you know we're leading in healthcare, I'm like yeah, I don't know about Are that. Are we? Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. it, it's funny because when it, when it, when the conversation turns to like healthcare, right. That's when I'm sort of like. Mm. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, just yesterday at the barbecue we were having. Um, we were talking to a buddy who uh, has been on the podcast, but maybe I won't say his name because it's right, medical right. history stuff. But and he was just talking about how uh, two, three weeks ago he had uh, an, his appendix taken out, right? Right, right? But he he literally was telling us that he's he was in probably the mo the most excruciating pain he's ever been in in his life. But he was like. I'm not going to call the ambulance. I'm going to Uber to the hospital because I have to think about like what kind of hit that's going to take on my insurance. Right, like, right. That's nuts. That you know nuts. what I'm saying? Like nuts. to think that like people have to be like, do I Uber to the hospital now? Like as my guts are about to explode, you know? Right. Right. I feel like the beginning of Alien with John Hurt would be very different <laughs> if it was made now. He'd be like, I'm in space, but I don't know if I can afford these these insurance bills. <laughs> Keep the alien in. You know, you know, it's funny as you're as you're talking about this. I I think back to this crucial scene in uh, the Dark Knight. Right. Do you remember the reason why um, Officer Ramirez betrayed? Yeah, her uh, the, her mom's oh, hospital yeah. bills, bills right. Were, 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 right, and racking up. And like, even though it sounds almost like this. Like weird thing to throw into the movie. It's entirely fucking oh, plausible. Of course, yeah. You you, you're totally like, mm, I get that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> would I align myself with the Joker if it would help out on my hospital bills? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, anarchy. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I mean, it's just crazy. But uh, we've also come to the realization that. Whether he wants to admit it or not, Jordan has gone through an awakening, <laughs> and he's now uh, he's kind of like the Incredible Hulk. Uh, you know, he's he's fighting as hard as he can to not be woke, but when when he when he sees something, you know, you, you don't want to be around him when when he's angry. <laughs> you know, it's funny as you say that. I had sent you an article last night. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, I don't mean to cut you off, but Jordan just watched Scott Pilgrim and had some. 
awakening issues with it, and he I just picturing him like, start pilgrim. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah. I, I well, I remember I sent you this article last night about uh, someone who had watched The Simpsons recently, right? And right. kind of nitpicked all the, I guess, antiquated elements of it, right? In there and. You know, part of me wanted to like be like, "Oh, here we go again." These fucking, these fucking Gen Z babies. Right? <laughs> but as I was reading it, I was like, "This writer actually has some valid points here." You know, I think my my issue, thing I take issue with is, I hope if you can watch something like The Simpsons and be like, "Oh, this is a little antiquated now," right. you can also watch a show like Friends or a show like Sex in the City and be like, "Okay, this is also kind of antiquated right, now." Right. You know, dude, I was watching I Love Lucy of all shows. Oh my god, <laughs> you already noticed where this is going, and I'm laughing my ass off because I'm, you know, it's I Love Lucy. I used to watch it as a kid. Um, <laughs> I remember so Ali and I like sitting there, we're watching it, we're laughing, we're kind of like paying attention to that and other things, and then just like out of nowhere, uh, Fred it was the friend I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> and he calls uh, Desi Arnaz. Why am I forgetting his name in the show? Oh, Jesus, I'm, I'm like blanking. Oh, um, um, Ricky, Ricky Ricardo. Right. And he just calls Ricky a Cuban mushmouth. And I was like, we like stopped in our tracks and like looked at each other. We were like, yikes. <laughs> and I was like, so yeah, no, I mean, just think about like. Even though we think of shows like, say, Futurama, Simpsons as being, you know, these films that were made within the last couple of decades and obviously going to be, you know, way ahead of the time in terms of like when compared to like, say, I Love Lucy, you're going to still you're going to find some problems. Right? right. Right. It's literally a whole movie made about a poo. Right. Right. <laughs> and the problems with a poo. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's funny because like I was I still love The Simpsons. Though. I mean, you know, there's so many nuggets in it that are just like so honest and so real. I right. think um I think the one I, I took issue with was Futurama and I think I broke it down how like a lot of the characters from the main cast of it right. are like these really bad stereotypes or uh, some people would, would argue that they're archetypes. I would argue they're actually more like stereotypes. Right. You know, um and if you take a good look at the character Nibbler, right. And I encourage anyone listening to this to really google the character nibbler on futurama there's no way in hell you cannot look at that character and be like that looks kind of probably <laughs> beyond problematic you know uh it's funny because like now i'm like we were talking about nibbler the other day and now i'm like just trying to like picture in my head so i'm literally gonna google this while we're you want to edit <laughs> this out no we don't have to <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll be good when you get my you remember that episode of uh, atlanta where he's like yo look up sammy sosa now and yeah. then he like somebody's like yo so it so let me and you know now let me uh, and there's nibbler <laughs> yikes <laughs> so it, yeah no i mean it's definitely a problematic character but yo and that's why when we were talking about it and you're like yo, you really think this didn't like 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 matt groaning had no idea i'm like i mean I don't know how you could not look at that and be like, this shit looks a little racist. I feel, but I, I feel like we were talking about this. Uh, Matt Groning definitely, like, I don't think he's a guy that this stuff's getting by him. So I think he definitely knows what he was doing when he did this. And maybe he's doing it for a reason. I don't know. 
Uh, I know his. Ca- I know Nibbler's character was like one of the most intelligent like beings right. in the actual future, but Futurama universe, right? Right. But it's like it didn't have to look like that, you know. Like there's no. I'm not my grounding man. Like I don't know. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, know. I agree. To be honest, like when I first. When I was watching the show originally, and like that character came up, it didn't even like dawn. Yeah, because you're younger. Yeah, exactly. She was different. Yeah. You know what so. I mean? Um, the awakening. <laughs> the awakening has happened. And, uh, and, now. and now everything, or, or outraged at everything. <laughs> Outrages of freedom. I like how everything, how the awakening is basically a play on M. Night Shyamalan's crappiest movie. <laughs> and that's amongst many crappy. M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's made some bad ones. <laughs> but uh, the crappening might be the worst. Actually, you know what? I, I think I might say Avatar is worse than that. Because not only is Damn. Avatar just like an awful adaptation of that show, but it's also kind of racist. Like he casted a bunch of right. white characters in like right. what would have been Asian roles and stuff like that. So You know you know what's funny? It took me a moment because I'm like, oh, he's talking about The Last Airbender. And then I'm like, wait, oh, Avatar. And then... <laughs> <laughs> which, which the reason why they changed the name of the movie to Last Airbender of, yeah, was because Avatar yeah. had come out. I, I didn't even time. realize. Like, I was saying Avatar, right. but the movie's Last Airbender. That's right, right yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I might say that's worse. Right. Because, like, the, the crappening, or the happening, <laughs> uh, it's bad, it's awful, but it's kind of like one of those ones now that's, like, funny bad. Like, you can watch it, like, when this guy, like, lays down and has a lawnmower run over his head. I'm kind of like, how could you not laugh at that? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I guess we're, now that we're, I guess, on the topic, um, you're, you know, you, you were mentioning, like, Avatar. And we also mentioned, which in its own way, um, looking back, is also somewhat problematic, vomiting my mouth. <laughs> um when did when did the the happening come out? It was like uh, two thousand, probably like two thousand eight or nine or something. So like that. that and then Scott Pilgrim came out in around like twenty ten. Right. So we're all talking about movies that came out like what like two years within a year or two years of um, um, Obama running for president right. and winning the election, um, and but also before his reelection, right, and also like pre obviously like twenty sixteen, right. And so you look back, right, and there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, at the time might have been considered kind of like, I don't know, progressive or somewhat original. And you're looking at now like, uh, I don't know, you know. Um, I know we often talk about this where it's like if you, if you put everything under the microscope from decade to, to decade, right. um, it's like the last generation got it better than than the generation before them so at the time it's looked at as progressive but right. like realistic but if you look at it realistically they're not exactly um doing the finest job of catch capturing that sentiment right you know? like what was right. considered like progressive fem- feminism in like 1969 is not progressive fem- feminism in 1999 right. and not 2009 and certainly not maybe going into 2019 yeah it's amazing how like like we always like say like we talk about like our grandparents or even our parents at this point and we're like how did they not realize that some of these things were wrong, right? So, like, you know, or, you know, that, you know, it, like, you're, like you're saying now, like, feminism right. in the 60s was different from feminism in the 90s. Right, and right. you would think, like, well, how did my parents or my grandparents not understand that they needed to push for more or they needed to do X, Y, Z? Right. But the thing is, is we're, we're falling victim to that ourselves. Because, right, right. like you said, like, we watched The Simpsons. I, again, love The Simpsons. But, like, we watched these shows 
and like I just never even dawned on me that like somebody could be offended by some of this right 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 so we've literally fallen victim it's just you know you're sort of a victim of your time and you yeah the circumstances right right which is interesting you just have to be open to like growing where a lot of people are right 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 well i mean i'm open to growing to an extent (laughs) well you know it's like i mean i think of um you know when i often talk about like the sopranos or whatnot and I'll, give, I'll just give you like the the analogy that I was thinking of the other day about how um, I think I was talking to a colleague of ours, but I basically said that the reason I liked Sons of Anarchy so much was just because it was unapologetic. There was nothing you had to think about. This wasn't like a there was no decoration around it that made it seem like it was like something else. Like right. don't get me wrong, The Sopranos had some of the, has some of the best television in, in American history. Right. But if you extrapolate everything, it's better like. A, racist white guy from North Jersey. You know what I mean? Right. If you, if you just go back to the bare minimums of what it is, right? Right. Um, which is the same thing with Mad Men, right? Where, oh, it's, it's I, you, know, I mean, you know how many liberals you know that are just like, oh, I love the style, the dialogue is made. <laughs> right. Yo, how the fuck are you an actual, like, uh, like progressive fucking liberal who probably works in media, right? <laughs> and you love Mad Men because of the fucking style. And the, <laughs> right. Yo, it's about a fucking Capture alcohol- the time. Capture the time, right? <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah. it's about a fucking, like, alcoholic white guy that flanders, right. right, cheats on his wife and, like, basically keeps, like, people in their fucking place, right? Right, right, right <laughs> Like, right. it's not that, it's really not a far cry from Tony Soprano, if you think about right. it, right? Yeah. The difference was, Tony was, like, a little bit more, you know, open about these things, but for me, Sons of Anarchy was, like, unapologetically, right. in like, your face. In your like, face, yeah. like, yo, it's, it's about a, a white motorcycle gang, like, plain and simple, right? Right, right. You know, so like, <laughs> was it try to hide anything or sugarcoat anything? Well, I mean, a lot of people are like, "Well, it's like Shakespeare on Harley's." I'm like, "Holy fucking shit!" You know what I mean, like every fucking great TV show is Shakespeare in its you know, some type <laughs> right, of iteration, right, right. right? Oh well, it's like has to do with like you know the Seinfeld is Shakespeare with yuppies yeah. in Manhattan. <laughs> exactly, 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 <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? Exactly. So that's the reason why, um, like with Sons, it was like, yo, they're. It, it's, it's white it's white supremacy in a handbasket for you. You don't have to, like, overthink it or <laughs> right, right, underthink right. it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, even I love Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad probably might be my favorite show ever, right? Right. Um, and I was thinking the other day, for, for some reason, I don't know why I was thinking about Breaking Bad on the 4th of July. It may have to do with that recent um, Entertainment Weekly cover right? where they, they re- reunited the cast, right? Yeah. But I think about... I made this joke some years back before the series had ended, right? Um, where I, I joked around that it's about neo Nazis. Okay. I made a joke about it being about skinheads, right? Right. And then, if you look at like the f- like right before the like the fourth or fifth season, like Walter White shaves his head, right? Um, his 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 brother in law Hank Trader also. Bald white guy. Right. Um, Jesse Pinkman also shaves his head at some point. Right. Um, Mike Urban Trout also no hair. Right. Um, and then when you get to the final season, who is Walter White in bed with? He's he's, he's hired like neo Nazis, the white nationalists, yeah. to do like his his uh, his distribution. Right? right. But if you if you go down like a like another layer, right? Think about what all those characters represent in 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 the ecosystem of what Breaking Bad is, right? So Walter White is a down on his luck. Uh, like working class guy who you know life handed him um some you know some um, a messy situation he's got a special needs child right mm-hmm. um he he's working part time as a chemistry teacher he got screwed out of the business that he was trying to start right. um and he's working part time at a um 
was it? Car a, a car wash, yeah. right? Um, but he uses his God-given talents, right, <laughs> right, to to make to get out of his situation, right, and in in a place where there's like I guess looser tax regulations, right, right. Um, and to to become one of the largest, most uh, powerful capitalists in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Right? <laughs> Look at his brother-in-law, Hank Schrader, right. Guy's essentially an ICE agent, right? He belittles his Mexican American, <laughs> like, like crazy. Uh, yeah, like his yeah, Mexican American yeah. uh, coworker, right. and calls him Gomi all the time, right? right. right? Um, he's all about like enforcement and like you know he like he he has no problem sending like a whole SWAT team to like take down a few meth dealers, right? right? right. And you got Jesse Pinkman, who is what, what is he? He's like the um, the tragic suburbanite who you know ha fell by the wayside from his family and right. got into a bad crowd. He's just a bad oh you know like we feel bad. He's just a bad kid. He's, he's a good. Kid He's a, a bad, bad crowd, you know, like, yeah. you know, who, who ends up like doing meth and heroin, uh, getting addicted to it, but also sells it. Um, and you, and <laughs> so if you look at every one of those iterations and on top of that, you get to like the, the best, the best season ever, season four, right. um, where Gustavo is almost like the, like the, um, the overlord in this situation. But, you know, there's like the underdog right. in Walter White right. who, who challenges him and <laughs> takes his spot. It's the almost white a man that takes down the the powerful Hispanic. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, it's almost like when Gustavo, if Gustavo's Obama, then Walter White was was Trump. Right. Right. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. That now what I just gave you is a very like over the top analogy of, of, course, of, of Breaking yeah. Bad. But let's not think for a second like that shit's not running through the minds of middle America, even oh, yeah, in the yeah, most yeah. like even the most subtle ways yeah, possible, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so I guess a I, bunch of people in middle America, you like, you know, I like this guy's haircut. As soon as he shaved his head, it was, I liked him <laughs> exponentially. But, but it's like I, I don't see how, I don't see how you can like, I don't see how you can objectively watch this as like a person with liberal or progressive values and not have any of these things come to oh, just a good show, just a dramatic show. Like Walt's well, such <laughs> an evil guy now. It's like. Dude, that that series also set the tone for like 2016. Are you joking? <laughs> you know, we've got drugs coming to this country. You know, what I mean, who's really responsible for it? Well, it's really big pharma. Mm -hmm. But let's pretend for a moment that it's like these illegals that are doing it. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I think that's my whole thing about like progressive values and like looking back on it later on, where it's just like actually that shit was kind of bad. That actually wasn't really. <laughs> like that that shit wasn't really it shouldn't be copacetic but damn it was entertaining while you were watching That's it true. you know so I guess like let's take this back to 2010 then I never watched Scott Pilgrim vs. the World even though I had a bunch of friends that did right um I'll just put this out there I'm a big fan of the movie but uh so I watched it and I didn't I didn't detest it I you know it's on HBO Go or HBO Now right. so you should definitely check it out if you have a chance um it has a great cast. I mean, see, for me, from like, from a filmmaking standpoint, and I think the film's incredible. One, probably one of the best edited films I've seen in the last ten. Oh yeah, it's like to me, like almost like a like a like a nerd version of uh, Sin City. Or <laughs> you know, what? that's a good. You know what I mean? Analogy. Like yeah, there's a lot of like yeah. there's a lot of like the, the cutting and like the way they. Like just how Sin City wanted to make it, just like the right, book. Like yeah. I tell, they like they wanted to make this. Like his book. his use of trans uh, the camera yeah. for transitions is is like um, incredible. But that's Edgar Wright, the director. Like yeah, that's absolutely. always been his style. But yeah, uh, yeah. So, so let's get into some of the issues you had, just because like I've never those the issues you had with it never really jumped out at me. But you know where we're coming at it from two different points. I think. Well, I think there's like this unsaid rule in Hollywood that it's still okay to make fun of Asian people sometimes. I don't know how. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you know, even even like 
like a guy like John Mulaney who probably can make a pretty classy joke that involves like black people, right? right? <laughs> probably would stare away from it just because the flack he may catch. Right, right. Right. Um, but with Asian people, it's still like that right. should still apply. Open you know, game, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's open game, right? So with Scott Pilgrim, and I know like the writer, the guy that created it was like he's half Asian, so I understand where this is coming from. Right. Like he he's mixed race, and he's probably injecting some of those feelings and thoughts, or in a way that um, makes sense to the story, right? right. So when this, when the movie starts, he's uh, was it the main character Scott Pilgrim is he, he's kind of like a loser. He's in a, like he's Friends call him a loser. They, he gets berated a lot. He relationship hops too much, and he's in, currently in. A, he just gets into a relationship with um, a seventeen-year-old like Chinese Canadian girl um, who goes to a Catholic school. Right. So this is already like a little like like creepy. It's, it's kind of like <laughs> yeah, putting on this creepiness, yeah. but it's like funny because it's funny in the context of the story. It's supposed to be humor, right? Right. Um, and then he falls in love with someone else. Right, and he has to battle her, her, her seven exes. Yeah, <laughs> he has to battle her seven exes, right? Which becomes like the the core of like the movie is right. like these seven exes. Meanwhile, this girl that he's who who he broke her heart, this high school student, <laughs> right, is still following him around. She's still kind of madly into him. Well, right? it's forgetting, uh, is he supposed to be like in high school, or just out of high? No, school? No, he's like, like twenty two. In okay, the, uh, his character is twenty two. I completely forgot about this. Uh, I, I forgot what age range. He right, was right, to be. right. Yeah. And then there's this whole thing where, um, so this woman Ramona that he's into, uh, like one of her exes is this guy who's uh. His name is Matt Patel. Right. And she says, like, the reason he she dated him at the time, which was in junior high school, is that he was only, like, non-white, non-jock person. But right. they only, like, dated for, like, a week, right? So they kind of, like, I don't know if this was intentional or not. I even know if the what the um, intent was. But there's kind of, like, this element of, like, Ramona is, like, this kind of, like, uber liberal who like right. played the field in different ways with different types of people so you even dated a woman at one right, point right but see right? the thing that like with that joke the Matt Patel joke he's the only non-white not like I I always saw that as like them making fun of her because that was like her going through like what would um, air quotes here be like her basic bitch stage like she she has to date the non-white guy like you see what I'm saying yeah like, I know I know so like I've always seen it as a joke like really angled towards her but uh, you know, I, I, right, and and I'm it's also open makes, for an other interpretation. Well, it's also it's also making fun of like like people in that in that kind of like baseline who like you know they go through that phase where like they did around like they they play the field with different types of people, right, right, you know what right. I mean? Even other gen, even the same genders if they if they like, and then like eventually maybe they they come back to like what they know, right? Originally, right? Um, if anyone listening, if this sounds like you, we apologize. Yeah, we're not trying to offend anyone. Yeah, we're not trying to offend anyone. Um, just dissecting a movie. Yeah, dissecting a movie. As, but as, as Jordan goes through his hard awakening, awakening, <laughs> vomiting my mouth. Um, but there's that. Um, she even like dated these this pure pair of Japanese twins, right? right or, which they don't really have like a speaking part in the movie. Um, no, they just like they're DJs. Yeah, they're DJs, like, right? Um, it's a really cool part of the movie. It though, is a cool part. <laughs> and funny, funny enough, the movie actually reminded me a little bit of Ready Player One, just a little bit. It's definitely better than Ready Player One. Oh, for sure. And I didn't, you know, you know, well, you, know what, you know what, you know what, you know what? I'll put like this. Like, yeah, cool. I, I got. I, I, my thing is that I do feel like the. Um, see, the Ready Player One was that. The storyline, the storyline's a little 
basic, like right. the um They're both doing the same thing where they're playing on like a lot of these pop culture references. Exactly. But Scott Pilgrim doesn't isn't as in your face about it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Ready Player One's like, oh yeah, here's King Kong. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> here's, you know, here's the Jurassic Park scene, but right. like, here's the, the Iron Giant, in the, in the, <laughs> yeah. like the Oasis, right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess I guess bring bring it back though. I mean, there's also these parts where like um, uh, Scott Pilgrim like is about to get invited over to meet um. Her name is Knives, right? Knives Cho, yeah. Knives, right. Meet her, meet her family, and he's about to break up, break up with her, and he like kind of cuts her off, and he's like, "Wait, but you know, aren't you not allowed to like date me or something like that?" And it's kind of like, "Oh yeah, because like she's Asian." The trope of like, right, oh, right. all Asian people like their families are like uber traditional, so therefore, you right. know what I mean? Um, which you know, I like I said, I didn't, I didn't, I took a lot of this as a grain of salt, but I realized that they kind of cast a lot of this from the perspective of like. It's very much like a, like a white perspective. Like the whole movie, even the interpretation of Toronto, right. is kind of cast from like this, uh, like essentially like this, this this world of like these like you know loser rockers, right. who usually tend to be mostly white, right? Who, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even saying that to be mean. I'm just right, saying that right, like right. It, it tends to be like that world is kind of like that, you know, right. Right? like, um, who and then like the the ethnic characters that manage to be in this in 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 this world, um. Are you know they're never going to be the central focus. They're kind of just there to support their vision of like what this scene looks like. But so like so the thing is is I actually I own the first volumes of Scott Pilgrim, the graphic novel. Uh, you support which, the patriarch. Which, <laughs> which the film is I no, <laughs> which the film is based on, but I actually haven't read it yet. But from what I understand, Edgar Wright was trying to be very true to yeah, Edgar Wright yeah, and Ma- yeah. uh, Michael Bacall who wrote the film. Like, they were trying to be true to the comic. Right, right. So, like, where, who do you hold at fault for some of these stereotypes since you do know that the original creator is half Asian or part yeah. of it? Like, where, where do you think? I, so, my thing know. is, like, I actually don't fault them for this, right? Right. And that's the reason why I say, like, it, Do you feel like society, like, steered them to, like, ha- the film or the pro- like it needing to be made this way just to be any kind of successful yes i actually do think it had right. to be that way and right. that's something that did like kind of like like weigh on me as i was watching this right. because i know the movie wasn't a financial success no it wasn't. right um and you got to start wondering like well what would and the, and the the book is also like a very much a cult book like it's not yeah. even it's not like i, I didn't even hear, i didn't even know about this until like the movie came out right. Right? yeah i knew about the book but uh i didn't know much about it till the movie right come out and as I'm watching this, I'm like, damn, like, the studio took a gamble fund- funding this with, like, a lot of money, getting this all-star cast. It's like, like, and like, mind you, this is, like, tw- 2009 that this is filming, right? Word. So you think, so I'm thinking to myself, like, gosh, look how far we've come, right? Like, back then, I guarantee you Jordan Peele probably would have had a hard time funding Get Out. Oh, yeah. Even if he took away, like, the type of cast. Like, the cast he had was, like, a total, like, like a dope cast, right? Right. They're, like, they were, like, the Hollywood's next gen that were in that. Right. Were in that. But if Jordan Peele had tried to make Get Out in 2009, even if he had the screenplay, even if he had tried shopping it, he wouldn't even had, he wouldn't even gotten a, a cast that was close to the cast that you see in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he would, he would have had to put this shit straight to DVD. He'd right. probably have to get, like, uh, like... He'd probably get like a bunch of rap cameos that like just to like <laughs> right, make it more marketable, right? Right. Right. And I'm looking at Scott Pilgrim. I'm like, I don't even know how you pitch something like this to an executive, 
and then then be like, okay, let's. This sounds like a good idea. It's funny because it's not Scott Pilgrim wasn't made like on a gigantic budget, but it, it was it was definitely it ended up being a flop. Uh, right, right. And uh, it I, to be honest, I think what sold it was was Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, Pro, yeah, likely. and and it, let's not forget that Michael Sarah was coming off a lot of success from like Superbad yeah. and all this oh, stuff. Yeah. So like he was a marketable name. Yeah. So like once he's attached, you know, he's a marketable name. But um, yeah, that ended up being, I believe, it was Edgar Wright's first American film, and it was it ended right. up being a fly. He ended up he did Baby Driver about a year or so ago, which right. was financially successful, right, awesome. Right. But. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. It would have been <laughs> right, very I mean, tough for someone else to get this movie. Right, and, it, and it's like, I mean, we're, we're looking at an era now when, like, you know, even, I don't know why I think of the Power Rangers movie for some reason, but even the Power <laughs> Rangers movie has, like, a diverse cast. I mean, right, you right. know what I mean? I actually hear it's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, I'm not, it's, I've read, like, since, since it's come out, like, on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, like, I've been reading these reviews where, like, people are like, yo... Power Rangers movie is pretty good. <laughs> They're like, it's like darker than you think it would be. Like, there's more story and substance to it than you would th- right. think would, you know, be in a Power Rangers movie. So now I'm kind of like, I need to check this I out know, on right? Amazon Prime. Yeah, like Power Rangers or Riverdale? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> but, but I mean, I guess my point being is that it's like, I, I just look at it as like how far we've come. Right. You know, um, it's funny because we, we definitely have a lot more to go, like a, a lot further to go in terms of like, you know, uh, minority filmmakers and having a chance to make movies and right. female filmmakers trying to you know but uh, we've definitely come a long way because right. it's true Get Out doesn't get made you know 2009 less than 10 right, years right. ago yeah. so I mean I don't know like I said like I at the time like you know like I, I I don't know what I was thinking when I was watching it I was like gosh if like like man like white audiences get like Scott Pilgrim versus the world like what, what do like POC audiences get like Blade 3 and <laughs> And and uh, and I don't know, boo. You know, <laughs> boo. Right? Like, I don't. <laughs> hey, that's uh, as much as I don't like his stuff. Tyler Perry does his thing, man. He's, <laughs> he's got his own production right. company. He's made. He he doesn't rely on anybody but himself. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? But that's. I mean, that was like as I was watching Scott program. I think that was the the thing I I I hate to say like that was the thing that ate away at me because it was generally speaking like an enjoyable film right um but it's like i said it, it it's 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 told through such a um like such a to me the the, the the whatever ethnic characters there were in it right they only made it seem like a whiter movie and like and, you know as weird <laughs> as ridiculous as that sounds right because right? now it's like um you specifically chose people that would highlight their like right, interactions right. You know? it's funny i got a, a buddy of mine um my friend Rob, who I would like to have on ADM Shift at some point, he'd be great. But and I, I'm gonna have to pass this episode on to him because we saw uh, Scott Pilgrim together, and it was a, a screening with a Q and A, and I loved it when I saw it, and I was like very excited. But he hated the movie, and it was for for different reasons. Like he felt right. it was just like an uber like hipster piece of garbage and I was just kind of like there is some of that in there too that I think but the thing is is like emo it's like very emo the thing that like shocked me with him was that like it had a lot of stuff like because of all the like pop culture references and stuff and he's like big pop culture guy like I thought like he would like eat it up so I was like kind of shocked 
when he hated it. So I'm kind of curious to see if like he also sort of picked up on some of these these problems you have you had with the Asian character. Because like I could I t- like a character like Knives Joe, I can totally like immediately I'm like yes, I get what you're saying. Yeah, there's but, even like, a joke where she's like where um the drummer the woman that he th- that he dated in high school that's the drummer in the band right says something like oh don't tell me you found like an underage teenage like te- teenage Asian girl, you know, and it's like obviously like this reference to like you know people in there like uh disgusting like adult video habits right, you know right, right. but it's like yo like, like well, oddly enough is gonna be out captain marvel that's uh brie larson I believe. no no brie larson was um she's the drummer no she's a she's a singer for a different band oh that's right, right she, brie larson is the uh, the band that they like you're right yeah right. and then that it's band uh, is uh got um guy uh Brandon yeah. Roth as like right, 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 right. You're right, right. right. Uh, the drummer is. Uh, why am I forgetting who the drummer is? Oh, Allison Pill is the drummer. Right. Yeah. Um, and like you know, it's 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 a it, it's a funny remark, I guess. But at the same time, it kind of highlights like, but yo, know, like they actually wrote like an actual sort of storyline where this guy who should not be dating a high school student dating a high school student. <laughs> right, right. You know, right. and that's another thing too is that. But I feel like a line like that where they're like call, kind of calling him out on it maybe is like. You know, like putting it out there that they understand what they're doing. You know, right? But and but that's the thing is that it's like it's it's used for humor, but it's like you're kind of like, but that's just kind of that's kind of disgusting. Like, are you like I don't know? I think part of me was just like felt like they were normalizing things that really should be taken as normal. But I'm also realized it's a completely it's a extent, completely it's yeah. a completely fin- like you know it's a completely like fan- it's a complete fantasy. This right, movie. Right, right. right, but you know, like I. I watched it and I also had to take it with a grain of salt because it was came out an era that was like much different. Right. You know? It's funny I came across my Blu-ray of it and I was just gonna like watch it the other day. Now I'm like now nah, I gotta go back and rewatch. I like I ended up skipping it, but I, now I'm gonna go back and rewatch. Yeah, like I didn't I didn't hate it. Like I actually enjoyed like whatever like the the like you said all the stuff you named like everything like was absolutely like fantastic. Right. Um, I think I just have a hard time reconciling the fact that um, this movie, which may have been something I would have watched when I was like you know, like 23, 24. Um, but I didn't watch it. So I'm watching it with a fresh set of eyes right, now. Right, right. Like it's not something that I would necessarily like vibe with or gel with now. Yeah, that's always yeah. an interesting like test too. Like when you see um, somebody around the same age, but they see a movie that you loved, say, when you were like 22, they see it at 32 and it's a completely opposite reaction. Yeah. And it's like, would you react the same way if you were seeing that the first time? Yeah. Uh, that's a interesting social experiment. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and it's funny because like I what I just gave you this whole like dissection of like whiteness and Scott Pilgrim, right. and it's like, you know, when when does it not bother me? When does it? Well, I mean, listen, like I if Power Rangers or let's say, say not Power Rangers, I don't know Transformers, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Actually, really not use Transformers because like I'm like vomiting in my head just thinking about the movie. <laughs> like, it, was it? Uh, what was the movie with? Uh, was it Zombieland with Woody Harrelson? Yeah, and, I liked Zombieland. Yeah, you know, like it was what I say. It was like casting the same, um, I guess, lens in a lot of ways, probably. <laughs> right. But I wasn't sitting there like, damn, this movie could just use a few more like POCs. Like I was just kind of like, <laughs> right, I was actually just kind of see like, where does this movie go? Like they're in Bill Murray's house now. Like you know what I mean? You're just like wondering where this movie goes, you know? And then conversely, it's like you say like a movie like The Lost City of Z, right? Um, the irony with Lost City of Z is that I have no qualms about the filmmaking of it. I just recognize that if that movie had been made in a different decade, it 
probably would have been a lot more problematic, you know. Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, for it's sure. like it's just it's be serious. Like yeah. if if um. You know, it's like kind of asking yourself if Gone with, if Gone with the Wind was made now, like you know, like how <laughs> yeah, would it be? Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like you know, well, a lot of people probably wouldn't want to make Gone with the Wind right now, you know? exactly. or maybe a lot of people would want to make Gone with the Wind, right now, which is a little more disturbing. <laughs> you know, Breitbart Films present <laughs> Breitbart. Uh, yeah, no, I, I actually, I, I do agree with that. I think, uh, which. I loved Lost City of Z. Yeah, I, I love, I love Lost too. City of Z is made like in 1975. It's a much more, probably a much more problematic movie. Absolutely Ugh, problematic. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, but um, because yeah, yeah, you know, like the natives w- will be cast in a totally different light. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna go back and rewatch Scott Pilgrim. I'm sure I'm still gonna enjoy it, but uh, I will. Take a little deeper, like a put it under a microscope and look at some of those characters. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if like that's your homework, shifters. Go out and watch Scott Pilgrim streaming on Netflix? HBO. HBO Go. HBO Go. <laughs> HBO Speaking go. of a movie that people should watch, though, last week was the 30th anniversary of Coming to America. That's right. A movie with POCs. <laughs> probably doing problematic things based on like the context of the 1980s. Right. But that's totally a comedy worth your time. That's fucking ca- classic and timeless. Oh, yeah. A John, a John Landis classic. A John Landis ca- classic. And obviously, Eddie Murphy classic. Yes. Uh, it's funny because I love coming to America, but I think I like trading places more. Okay. And I, you can't, like, either way, you don't go wrong. They're both amazing yeah, films. Yeah, yeah. They're both yeah. amazing films, but... Yeah. I don't know. There's something about the the Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy combo right, right. that like really, and, like as a kid, I and I always loved um, Mortimer and whatever his name is, Don Amici and <laughs> the two guys that like make them swap places. Right, right. Uh, right. His boss. Um, but yeah, no, Coming to America is a classic, man. Absolutely. Right. So I guess this brings us to our our guest, uh, Mr. Uh, we, a guy we, we call MC. MC, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and we have an interesting topic. Yeah, so speaking of, I guess, antiquated, like movies with antiquated social norms. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, for some reason, MC wanted to talk to us about After Hours. It's a, a 1983, I believe, yeah. Martin Scorsese film. And a very underrated Scorsese Very underrated. Film, in my opinion. Um, I think that's a movie where it was almost all white people in it and I wasn't tripping and like I was like oh whiteness oh, the lens of whiteness I was like oh it's about a bunch of people in like 1980s Soho so right. it was much different art galleries real art art right. yes artists used to live in Soho <laughs> um and it's about one guy's terrible night out right but he kind of brings all that bullshit himself <laughs> you know and I wasn't sitting there like yeah I wasn't watching it the way I was watching like you know Avatar or right. or The Last Airbender or both. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, my uh, MC had a had a very interesting uh, take on the movie, and uh, uh, let's go to him and hear uh, why he wanted to talk to us about it. Yeah.
So Joe and I ended up speaking with uh, our friend Michael Carroll, who's a board game enthusiast, to discuss with us a movie about another shitty guy that goes around dating people. <laughs> What's up, Mike? Hi, how are you? All right. Board game enthusiast. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we're not talking about board games tonight. No, we're not. No, we're not. What are we talking no, we're about? Not. We're talking about Martin Scorsese's 1985 film, After Hours. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a film that I uh, uh, I, I grew up uh, watching a, a lot of movies, uh, being that guy. Right. You know, not like <laughs> not like just any movies, not movies generally, but you know, like uh, Scorsese, Coppola, Carpenter. Right. Uh, you know, so After Hours um, is, is 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 in a long line of very weird movies that Martin Scorsese has done. Right. After Hours is one of the weirdest. It's funny. So like. I rewatched a movie yesterday yeah. uh, in preparation for this, and I've seen the movie a few times, you know, throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old I'm, were you? How old were you when you first saw it? I probably, I would say, it was anywhere from like thirteen, fourteen years old. Yeah, I was probably fifteen. Time. So, and I've always loved the movie, right? Yeah. But you, I, as you get older, you like it for different reasons. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I but, th- yeah, probably. But, so like last night when I was watching it, and it, this was my first time rewatching it in probably like six, seven years, something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, "This is probably Martin Scorsese's most experimental film." I think you could I, make that argument. I you could. I I think his most experimental film. Another one of his that I kind of came to terms with recently was Gangs of New York, <laughs> where where I I watched that movie five times in the theater. I what love the fuck, dude. I, I, <laughs> I love that film. I watched it once, that, like last yeah. winter, and I didn't <laughs> think to watch it again after that. I saw, I saw it. I loved it, and then everyone said that movie's shit, and I saw it again. And I was like, it is shit, <laughs> but it's sometimes good. And then it's you know, and I've, I I I went back and forth for like a decade after that movie came out, and then I went like five years without watching it. I after my son was born back in November. Uh, we uh, uh, I was going through this thing where I wanted to watch these dad movies with right. him. And, and, Gangs, <laughs> and Gangs of New York was the first and thing. Gangs of New York. And so I, so I had this excuse to rewatch it. And I was like, this movie is not good. It's not bad. It's weird. You want to know what I, I you know where I, what kind of space I put it in? And I think it's better than this film. Yeah. But it's uh, there's a lot of similarities to say Godfather 3. Because I think there are some like masterful parts to Godfather Three, mm-hmm. but there are some awful, like really yeah, and, shitty moments. And literally, literally running parallel, like right, right. like like um, almost like Daniel Day Lewis and Cameron. Best part of that movie, yeah, of course. And Cameron <laughs> Diaz, um, kind of acting side by side on stage in that one scene. Oh my god! Like that's like <laughs> amazing acting. And I'm not gonna say that she was bad. Because I don't think that Scorsese gives women a lot of credit, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it was, I just don't know what she was supposed to be going she, for. To be honest, but but also the but that's but the weirdest part that I didn't even think about was um, was uh, Dewey Cox. Um, <laughs> oh, John C. Riley. John C. Riley <laughs> as Happy Jack. Yeah, I just like forgot about that. I'm like, yeah. he is sinister looking, but also he's John C. Riley. Anyway, that's my Gangs of New York tattoo is is, is Happy Jack on my Happy arm, <laughs> like looking like like. Yeah. It should be angle. him nailing his watch to the. Yeah, 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 and like... it says, uh, "I've come to get my due and uh, oh whatever." Oh it man, it's such but, a good movie. But, <laughs> and, and, and but also, parts of it. Are such a good movie. And then there's Hugo, but let's not even. <laughs> Dude, 
All right. I'm going to defend Hugo to the death, man. It's I, weird. I, I'm just saying it's also weird. It's definitely weird, but yeah. I love Hugo. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's very experimental. Too. It's a good thing we came up to talk about After Hours. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, We're going to get there, I swear. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, Shutter Island is a very experimental movie because if you've... Yeah. Have you read these articles that, like, posit that, like, the whole time... Uh, I, I'm familiar with some of those. I, You know, I think by the time Shutter Island came out, I was at max capacity of movies that took place in Massachusetts or uh, the greater could, Boston area. That the, the, the Boston Cinematic Universe. I, I was just is I where Mike uh, hails from. Everybody. Yeah. So so yeah. So so going so Boston Cinematic. Yeah. Yeah. The town did you in? The town. The town was the turning point. The town. The town was really the Age of Ultron. The town was the one where I was just like, uh, you guys reel it in here, you know, and they didn't. They I think just this is a going. new topic here. The uh, Boston <laughs> Cinematic <laughs> Universe well, in, in comparison to the and, and I think MCU. the Departed. The Departed. Was the Avengers? The yeah. Departed was the one where it's like <laughs> we could be going somewhere with this, you know? I, I might always, and then Spotlight was, is the Black Panther, where it's like, oh wait, this is really good. Isn't it a good one? Spotlight's the one that's like completely unlike all the others. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And was, like, was, was Ted Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yes, <laughs> this just writes itself. Oh boy! So where's Gone Baby Gone? That's, uh, that's Iron Man. That, I should like, say. I should say. I think. Rolling. I think Boston Cinematic Universe uh, is a phrase I got from Chapo, but okay. Uh, <laughs> but so, <laughs> give me, give me. It was just a throwaway. Crazy. It was just a throwaway <laughs> gag, but I've been thinking about that phrase ever since. Right, right. Um, and it's just weird, you know. If Scorsese, we're going to get to after hours. I swear. If Scorsese, I was thinking about this last night. If Scorsese did, like, uh, if he in the like the the mid aughts started taking on, or like the early aughts, because starting with Gangs of New York, if he started doing stuff about like the Polish experience right. or films about like, like, I don't know, like the, the African American experience or something like that. I think people would be like, Marty, this is a little weird. Right. But for some reason, the Irish are like, yeah, go for They're it. Like, go for it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our greatest filmmaker, Martin Scorsese, he really gets us. <laughs> no man gets us like yeah. Martin Scorsese. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm also an Irish American. I'm sorry. I'm also uh, from from the greater Boston area. There you go. Uh, and, and we know who uh, you voted for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like, uh, uh, he sits here with horn rim glasses and a flannel shirt. Yeah, in the yeah. Dead of summer. I have a beard. You <laughs> know, he has a beard I hate summer. going back. Yeah. Uh, you know, He's dressed for Austin, Texas. I'm I'm yeah. sweating just looking at you in that flannel. Yeah, I know. Oh, really? I know. <laughs> well, the AC gets to me. It's true. So 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 after hours, real quick. Um, it, like, do we want to like do we do we want do we want to give a summary of it? Well, hold on. Yeah, Let's we connect can... it to the okay. last conversation okay. where I, I basically, in the last like two or three weeks, I watched After Hours a few weeks ago because yeah. I meant to And this was your first viewing. This is my first yeah. viewing, yeah. you know. Um, I thought it was good. I really, I really personally enjoyed the, um, you know, the it, it taking place in Soho at a right. time that, you know, uh, yeah. when it was still like a artsy area. Mm-hmm. Um and then I watched Scott Pilgrim I was versus the go World a few <laughs> days ago, and for some reason I just thought, man, I watched two movies about shitty guys going <laughs> on dates. <laughs> and but uh, I feel like you said that Scott Pilgrim made you appreciate After Hours a little more. Well, yeah, and like the thing with Scott Pilgrim was that, <laughs> well, yeah, like he's not that bad. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because like Scott Pilgrim is like made for an audience that you would think is other, otherwise like open-minded and liberal, but it kind of like injects like it, it, these like like ethnic. I'm putting the air quotes like mm-hmm. ethnic <laughs> characters in there as means of just kind of supporting like the kind of overall like whiteness of like the of the of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas like, after hours I don't think about any of that shit because it's like 
yo, like I, I didn't like. There's no, there's no, there's no impetus to like think about it. Right. right. Just, yeah. Well. You yeah. know, it's it's like a fucking asshole who gets his comeuppance. <laughs> you know. And to yeah. be honest, the only like uh, I think minorities in that film are Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the Chinese guy at the bar who. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's right. right. The guy yeah. with the old lady. That's yeah. it. Oh, you know what? So yeah. you know what I realized? Hang on one second. <laughs> I was as I was watching this yesterday. I think this is the first time I actually ever put this together. But that was the first time that Catherine, I that I Catherine O'Hare and John Hart. Har- yep. Hurt, yep. I always thought. I remember thinking that very early on. First up, before that I, they were the parents in Home yeah, Alone. Yeah. Yeah. The parents of Home Alone. But then the other thing is, I remember when I watched it recently, I thought like. Uh, like that was one of the probably like the latest times I, I I remember seeing like a white cab driver. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and 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 also those yeah, checker yeah. cabs, which yeah. like it's this weird part of New York because like I feel like like the eighties and nineties like nothing like not a lot was shot in New York. So there so and yeah. I, I didn't grow up there. I don't have like you know my memories are you so know I have mean ups. streets and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and taxi <laughs> drivers. <laughs> that's your memories. Yeah, that's my memories of growing up in New York. So see, I did know. grow up in New York, and obviously I remember parts of the eighties when I was a little bit older. Uh, Obviously, most of my formative youth was in the 90s, but um, I remember, so I don't, I don't, you know, like those like rounded cabs, mm-hmm. like I don't remember them really, but I do remember the very like boxy cabs and like some okay. of those yeah, yeah. had, uh, I want to say like had like checkered patterns and stuff like mm-hmm. that too. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I love the way he shoots Soho because it's like, it's like empty. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's like you, yep. you that's not the way you're used to it, right? Especially exactly. in cinema. Exactly. New York was always like this packed, especially downtown, right? Like yeah. this packed area, tons of crazy shit going on. And it's still like crazy shit going on, but like every time he steps foot out there, it's almost it's just like desolate. It's desolate. Yeah, yeah, and I love Yeah, the music starts there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh uh That's a Howard Shore school. But, right? but yeah, I yeah. think so. Um weirdly, I think my you know, my experience is if you go to if you get like a drunk uh in the lower east side or whatever and you know <laughs> as we've all yeah, done I'm i mean sure. like you know on like a weekday <laughs> like you can go through soho now and and like at at, at like uh yeah three midnight. in the morning three in the morning and yeah people will be out yeah what? you know like oh yeah oh no i'm saying my experience is it's, it tends to be pretty quiet or i've had a few nights like that maybe oh, that's, well, no I mean, like i used to so like as uh when i was probably like that's because there's no more bars there it's all exactly yeah, no, it's all boutique right. shops right, right, it's right, all right, you know. you're right about that you're right about that but yeah. we um yeah that's why it's weird like in the movie when he runs into like three or four bars and like a couple of diners and yeah like, this it doesn't exist there's yeah, like one no. diner and maybe a bar. Was that the same diner the, that was in the first in Sam Raimi's Spider Man? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah the one that's, that it was Mary on like Barrick or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's on. Yeah, it's not too far from like White Street, I think. Okay, yeah, uh, and that's gone. Well, that, no, that's a little further down. Uh, actually, no, no, yeah, around there, like around mm-hmm. White Street. Uh, no, that's still there's there is a oh, diner still, still in that area, but actually that like silver domed one, uh-huh. that one I think is gone. Yeah. Okay, like, I, I, I'd have to. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Google Map it. <laughs> Google Maps. <laughs> you know, um, the um, exterior is also reminded me of was um, was it Tales from the Dark Side where it's like the um, a Ray Ray Don Chong turns into a giant gargoyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You so, remember that? I didn't. I don't remember that. Oh, Tales right. from the Dark Side. I remember Tales from the Dark Side. I the guy like falls in love with this woman, but there's like this, this 
the fairy tale or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. She becomes a gargoyle or um, something. Ray Don I'm not, not going to ruin it for our <laughs> listeners, but. I mean, it, listen, it's, <laughs> it's been <laughs> almost 30 years. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Tales of the Dark is one of the, the best dark. cast ever. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, Speaking of spoilers, do we want to talk about what the film is now? Yeah, or yeah, no. We can go I'm just wondering if, like, if someone has never heard of this film, <laughs> like, Again, the way, <laughs> what are they asking themselves by this point? I can't, I can't, I'm not going to feel bad for spoiling the Yeah, so guy goes on a guy uh, a word processor really vanilla guy living assumedly on the upper west side or the upper east side he's on the upper east side upper east side he he runs into yeah yeah Uh, even in 2018 still an asshole (laughs) well actually I think probably more of an asshole I feel like there are so many things that like he was like he just seemed like a normal guy in 1985 and now in 2018 you know that part where he says to his like supervisor like you know I don't want to do this forever I just he's just not even paying attention and and you're like standing there like dude shut the fuck up it's your first day of the job man like why would you say that to your supervisor also that was uh, what's his name from Perfect Strangers uh Valky, yeah, man. That's Balky. Yeah. Valky. Valky. Yeah. The first yeah. thing. This <laughs> film is rich with, like, I know that asshole. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny because when their movie began and I forgot he was in the opening, mm-hmm. I saw him and I was like, yo, this guy is forever Balky. It's uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Because, yeah. you know, he's in, like, Beverly Hills Cop and a bunch mm-hmm. of them. But he's always Balky. Whenever yeah. you see him, it's like, that's that's cousin Balky. Yeah, yeah. He kind <laughs> of He's kind of the other way that Andy Kaufman's career could have gone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, uh, Finish, finish. Right, so, 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 yeah. He he meets a girl. Uh, he starts playing with this girl at this uh, diner. He goes, uh, just he throws caution. The wind goes on a late night date, uh, and uh, down in Soho, he's a fish out of water in that neighborhood. Um, everything kind of goes weird. He makes some bad decisions. He he thinks that she seems mentally like unstable. Or he's making she's making him feel uncomfortable, um, and then he gets kind of caught up in like a. Uh, crime spree that's going on in the neighborhood uh and um it's sort of like all this like uh he goes from having a boring day job to like this night of just weird existential dread in a place where he doesn't feel like he belongs right yeah it's snowballs and he's yeah. Snowballs. huge yeah. snowball and he's just trying to get home yeah right. and, and he's and, just trying to get home yeah, yeah. And it's funny a- too because it's like so the I just like note being a New Yorker, you like notice they so like his job, like remember when he leaves and they close those gates yeah. on him? That's like twenty third street. Like twenty third oh, okay. and park. Or uh, sorry, twenty third and Lex, I think. Right, okay. I right. know where those buildings are, but they're like playing them like they're further uptown. Right, remember right. he's dropped off at the end and he's like back at work. Yeah. And they're like at fiftieth street. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like that, it's so. been so great as as I I've been so I've been in New York for uh twelve years now, uh two thousand six. Um as I get older, I uh, I couldn't do it at first, but I'm starting to really like. I I rewatched Goodfellas recently, right. and hey, I I thank never you. yeah exactly. <laughs> well, like I I love it. It's like one of those movies that's like if it's on AMC and it's halfway Another through, Irish I'm like American I'm just classic. like well, this is what I'm going to do for Might the next well, hour. Exactly. Yeah, um, I didn't. I never realized that the last scene that Linda Bracco has with uh, Robert De Niro is in Smith is, and is, is on Smith and yeah, Ninth. Like I was like, oh yeah, the, I know that place. That yeah, place is definitely yeah. not the place where some shady when mob guy would be. Like go yeah go go down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get the dress. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like, but it was amazing because I always, I I just in my mind that movie is all like parts of like Long Island or Queens or just like parts of the city that I'm not familiar with. And as the older I'm getting, I'm like, oh no, I know where that is. It's been, it's been, it's it's kind of great. I remember being a kid and realizing I was like, I was like, that's Smith and Ninth. Like I was like, my mind was like blown when I was like watching it. You know, whenever I don't know how old I was, maybe like 14 or something like that. But uh, the same happened. You ever see a movie called Smoke? With yeah, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, 
that Paul was shot yeah. up the block from my house. So like, oh, no. Wow. This, remember, there's, and there's like his flashback of him chasing someone out of a store that like robs mm-hmm. the place. At the end of the movie? Uh, at the end of the yeah, movie. Yeah, with the Tom Waits song yeah, yeah, thing. That, yeah. The Tom Waits song, yeah. 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 So that that's like a uh, like cigar slash mm-hmm. candy shop like up the block from my house. Like mm-hmm. that's been there Is forever. that movie good? Is that, should I go I back? love Smoke. Okay. Right, definitely right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a love-hate thing with Paul Oster, but, um, <laughs> but I love Harvey Keitel. It's a great movie. Um, but yeah, so, so, I guess to to kind of get to like what what I why I want to like talk about this movie with you guys right. uh, was that um, and, and we're kind of already doing it. But the big question I had when I was watching this was when I was younger, I would watch this film and I would think that's it stands out because it's a New York film, uh, a Martin Scorsese New York film about a guy who maybe isn't necessarily a New Yorker. Right. Um, arguably, like Taxi Driver could be argued that way, but. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> not, that's something that <laughs> yeah, I, like, Paul, Paul Schrader yeah, has said that he movie. he wrote it as thinking of him as a Midwest transplant. Right. But Scorsese like shot it as like, oh no, he like goes into the right. bodega and he talks Italian with the the guy, you know. Right. But so, but 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 definitely, After Hours stands out in in that regard. And I always thought I always saw uh, Paul, the main character, right. the protagonist, as as being like a transplant. Uh, I, I see that. It's yeah. funny because you know. so like the w- the way I looked at it, and I, mm-hmm. I when you told me your idea for this, yeah. I was like, wow, that's because I never thought of it that way. I never thought of him per se as an out of towner. Yeah, but I thought of it almost like that episode of Seinfeld when Kramer goes downtown and he's lost. So like that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm actually I, I'm not familiar with Seinfeld, uh, so occasionally like, <laughs> I hear stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, Maybe so I'd watch that. Great, I remember. There's yeah. a great episode yeah. where like Kramer's dating a girl downtown, mm-hmm. and he goes downtown. And he like can't get back. Yeah, and he's like calling yeah. Jerry. Like, oh, this is my life now. <laughs> so yeah. like that's the way I always saw it as a kid. Okay. But it's still yeah. that that very much that like fish out of water thing. It's like the because the it's, city it's a huge so fucking dis- city dissected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, so when you thought of it as a kid, like so, like, basically, like you had seen the movie, yeah, you were a kid, and now you're coming to New York for the first time, like yeah, and that... then and then like yeah, and then you kind of think of it as like. Um, well, well, it's also like my perception of New York. I remember um, a, a very good friend of mine uh, from college. She had gotten out a year before me, and she had set herself up in New York. And um, you know, we could, we were going to find a place together. And I was like, "Great, where?" And she's like, "Somewhere in Brooklyn." I'm like, "Brooklyn? I don't want to live in Brooklyn <laughs> because I had I had like I was like I don't know maybe like Soho or the Lower East Side or you know some right, some place right, like right. in Manhattan. Like I Something just I had cool. no idea yeah. like what what like. New York kind of broadly was and 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 uh, you know and then I came to the city and I started working as a PA right. and that was <laughs> driving box trucks around working 18 hours and like <laughs> well this is Spanish Harlem this isn't Harlem yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. oh uh, <laughs> you know like um, Staten Island uh, right. I thought it would be tiny uh, you know like you, you kind of like Island is ridiculous and I've probably said this on this show before but it's the only place I think in New York where like with it, with like the snap of a finger, you can be like in an area that looks like, say, Cobble Hill, and mm-hmm. the next thing you know, you're like in the woods. Yeah, and yeah. The yeah, next no, thing yeah. you know, you're like in an area that looks like Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And then, how, and then like, like a, a big like suburban parking exactly, lot. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, it's, it's nuts. It's, yeah. it's nuts. And you know, it's crazy too about Staten Island that like at the foot of like like the hill, right? You can be in like urban poverty and literally mm-hmm. like, drive up the hill and you're like around man- mini mansions. Right. Yeah. Right, right, sure. Right, right. <laughs> and, like, I mean, I've probably seen shit like that in like White Plains, but like I feel like the Iterations of it in Staten Island are like, it, it, like you're only talking about like the tip of like the island, right? <laughs> right. You're not even talking about like the rest of the shit, you know. <laughs> so, 
Um, have you guys? So so have so so have you guys ever had as New Yorkers? What what have you had? What other experiences? What are the neighborhoods that you feel? Uh, alienated by, I guess I'm kind of interested in that. I mean, like, Shit, I I, like alien- avant-garde, <laughs> like, like, uh, I mean, like in the avant-garde way, <laughs> right, you know, right? Like, I'd say I feel alienated, alienated in my own neighborhood, now, yeah, which is like odd enough, yeah, because yeah. like my neighborhood has changed so much, Cobble Hill, that like, yeah. you know, I grew up there my whole life, and it's changed so much now that like I'll have people like looking at me, like, why does like does yeah? What is what do you do? That brilliant tan. Doing? This is the brilliant tan yeah, that you and your you and your you and your AL likes have. You know, it's that brilliant, <laughs> the brilliant bronze, bronze July tan that you have. You know, yeah. Hey, listen, it's the Italian. I've been, I've been calling him. I've been calling him the Sicilian all week, and he's yeah. not even Sicilian. Right? He's, he's Neapolitan. You right? shouldn't put that yeah, out there. Go. If he if he gets if this gets mixed up, you know, you're in a lot of trouble. You you know? Know? <laughs> Should I call you the Moroccan? I'm, 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 being like, I'm being very like European with you right now. Like, what's your nickname? What is your nickname? Uh. Uh, Joey Bag of Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> right, so so it's weird. Like, it actually, like, like, it's. I feel like that's a lot of people who, like, in this city, like, there are parts of, like, their neighbors are just getting, like, you know, gentrified left and right. Oh, and, yeah, you yeah. Know, Obviously, like, anybody who lived in, in Williamsburg, a good colleague of ours uh, that we know, mm-hmm. uh, lived in Williamsburg his whole life. Yeah. Now he doesn't live there anymore, but he goes there now, and he's yeah. like, what the hell happened? And it's funny because, like, my grandfather used to work in a steel factory in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember Only going as a kid when it was, like, Jeff Factory. Only like, yeah, sure. factories strongest. and, like, Puerto God Rican bless. and Italian families. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, God, God bless your abuelo. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, no, so it's, uh, I, I feel like, yeah, my own neighborhood's, like, one of the neighborhoods I really feel alienated in. To be honest, and oddly enough, like, most neighborhoods in Manhattan, I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. It's, like, because it's just so, such a melting pot now. That yeah, like, the crazy thing with Manhattan, though, I think, is that, um, I was thinking about the other day, like, how many homeowners do you actually know in Manhattan? Right. Well, let me just clarify this, except for the Upper East Side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like Scaramucci probably has like a townhouse. Yeah, right? no, no, no. You, 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 yeah. yeah. No, nah, but in all seriousness, like, I, I don't think I can think of that many homeowners. I mean, I know. Um, in you, Manhattan? Yeah, no. Yeah, like in like, maybe like Harlem, I know maybe a few like brownstone owners or like. Right. Or yeah, even yeah. people, I know people that actually own apartments or like mm-hmm. bought into co ops right. early, but like. Complete total like home ownership. I feel like so rare now. I well, actually know the two guys who own the house that's in the beginning of um, King of New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, so wow. like it was these two these two gentlemen uh, uh, that they're like collectors of like old like cinema and um, like audio artifacts. So they have like old phonographs and mm-hmm. stuff like all throughout the whole house. Like, and I'm talking like like from the beginning of literally the medium. And I was working on a documentary with them, and they were just taking us through the whole house, and they're like, "Yeah, so this is where this happened. This is where this happened." So like, well, yeah, they they own that house. <laughs> so, so actually, and the, I was think I was thinking uh, about this last night. Funny story is that I one time, I have a, I have a friend who who uh, is active in the arts, and uh, she was house sitting for a few months for an artist who still has a Soho studio. Oh, and yeah. she had a house party. They still exist? Yeah, no, like, <laughs> like, like it was like a rare thing. But she had a house party, and it's like something out of a dream where you go from like, and, and not like a like oh a dream, but like a that was weird dream right. where like you're in you're in like hyper capitalism Soho, and then you like you know where everything's just like you're fighting for an inch of space, and then you know I went up these stairs and. 
it was like being in the Midwest, right, where right. it's like all you have is space. That's crazy. Like I could have right, brought my right. my 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 uh, skates, right, right, you know, and, <laughs> and really had fun there. But also it was weird because uh, and and. Because you know, like uh, you know, I I, I lived in like a, a loft in uh, a Bedstuy for a while, and uh, you know, I know people who lived in lofts in Bushwick. Like, um, what's weird about that era uh, in the '80s in Soho, and and like kind of what like young people are doing now, or back when I was still young, right. um, which was ten years <laughs> ago, was like, but like when I was living in that loft, there were like four to eight of us right, at right, any right. one time. And that's it was, it was yeah, always no, fluctuating. That's true, that's true. And I don't know. I mean, like, Ghost also kind of, like, touched on this. I mean, it's kind of like a weird film, but, like, are you guys familiar yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. the... <laughs> oh, I are, mean, like... I am familiar. Like, so. like, like, like going back to... <laughs> I went back to that movie a few years ago, and, like, like the premise is fine. It's what it is. But, like, like the stuff that, like, is really interesting to watch now is, is like, oh, that movie opens with them, like, like setting up their Soho lofts and everything and, you know, like, really, right. like, getting to use those spaces it's really like yeah, yeah, even, amazing yeah, you can see what the appeal would have been um so anyway that that's that that pain segment, the heat the segment from <laughs> tales from the dark side where okay. like the dude is like an artist like in this like expansive loft in like either like lower east side or right. uh, soho you know mm-hmm. um truth of the matter is that world doesn't exist anymore no, you know it's, and it's it's and it could exist if you want to go to i mean there's parts of like even like the south bronx now i'm really going far like sure, south bronx yeah. even honestly you have to go where people don't want to live you know, Staten Island's another example. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? I'm pretty right, sure you can right. find a lot. I, you know, I guarantee you there's a bunch Oh, no, yeah. Of, I'm sure there's a sanitation guy that just bought a fucking loft somewhere that's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let, yeah they, they want people to come in and do that. But a lot of people don't want to come to fucking Staten Island because of what it's associated with. Right. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, yeah, you I know, know people who like are like who have been in the situation where it's like, well, I have a kid now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got to gotta go to Staten Island. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know. I uh, I remember going uh, my first year at Brooklyn College after the film festival. Maybe uh, it was just my second year there. And there was a f- they, is Brooklyn College has like a film festival every mm-hmm. year, like with the end of the year films. I live, and, live, I live near there. I should. Oh, yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. Uh, and then so it's like. And then they always have like a big party that like all the students and stuff mm-hmm. go to. And we went to this guy's loft in Bushwick, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yo, this still exists!" Like I, I, I was like blown away that like sure. somebody still had. That. And that was at the time when you can like get a loft in Bushwick. Like now you can't do that. Anymore. No, no, yeah. But uh, and I remember they had like a band play, and I was like, "Are you kidding? Like this is this guy's house. He has a band yeah, right, playing because right, he had like right. this little like thing up there. I don't know." But I always think of uh, Big when I think of those lofts. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then just oddly enough, you because uh, you you mentioned Ghost. Mm-hmm. One, I always think about how badly Tom Goodwin gets in and out. The, the yeah, bad guy. Mm-hmm. But I was actually at a director's panel because Tom Goodwin directs with Tom Goodwin and Griffin Dunn. Oh, <laughs> from right. Air, full from circle. Yeah. So they like, came very hours. full circle yeah. right there. Because <laughs> they both direct. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I was at some like director's panel with the both of them like years ago. Uh, anything else you want to you wanna add uh, to this before we... Uh, we I don't know. I might get that Happy Jack tattoo. I think it would I think be you funny. should get the yeah, tattoo. Happy Jack. I've come for my doing proper. That was the phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we need to have you on again. Uh, well, we definitely want to have you on again, but I think next time maybe we talk the movies that John Carpenter. I could, we could talk yeah. John Carpenter. You guys want to talk about Clerks? You Ooh, guys want Clerks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, talk I, about problematic. <laughs> yeah, I Let's let's think let's think of let's find something really yeah. good. Let's find yeah. the deep cuts. Let's get some deep cuts and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll figure this out. But thanks for coming on. Hey, Mike. thanks yeah. so much, guys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and I guess the shifters out. Shifters out. All right. 